You are listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us in person on Saturdays at 4.30 p.m. or virtually through Zoom or Facebook on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. Hear these words from James 3, 1 through 12. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For all of us make many mistakes. Anyone who makes no mistakes in speaking is perfect, able to keep the whole body in check with the bridle. If we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we guide their whole bodies. Or look at ships, though they are so large that it takes strong winds to drive them, yet they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great exploits. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue is uniquely among our members a world of iniquity. It stains the whole body, sets the fire in the cycle of nature, and is set itself in fire by hell. For every species of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by the human species. But no one can tame the tongue, a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this ought to not be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and brackish waters? Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, yield olives or grapefruit fi- or grapevine figs? No more can salt water yield fresh. The word of God for the people of God. Amen. And let us pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks for this opportunity when we once again get to engage your holy word. And so our desire now is a simple one. And it is that these words would be more to us than just letters typed on pages, but instead that they might leap up and into our hearts, our minds, our spirits, and become for us words of transformation. So that as we are transformed, We can go forth and transform others and together transform this world. In the name of your son, Jesus, who is the great transformer, we pray. Amen. Even though I am a native New Yorker, my parents were both from the South, Alabama and Georgia. And so instilled in me are some Southern ways most of which I learned in church. Like if someone came to church and their dress was too tight or too short, or their wig hadn't been combed well enough, I would hear the other women of the church say, oh, bless her heart, which would soon be followed by, what in the world was she thinking putting on that dress? Have you ever stopped to think how important the tongue is? While it is considered an organ, just like the heart or the brain, it's 
Smaller size also makes it the most unnoticed organ, but it is equally as important to the human body. The tongue is not only important to speech, but also to food digestion, for the tongue actually pushes the food into the esophagus and then into the digestive tract. So without a tongue, we couldn't speak and we couldn't eat. In the early days of Christianity, cutting out the tongue was often used as a form of punishment. Punishment for Christians, for it was believed that their speaking for Jesus was speaking against the king and the Roman Empire. Can you imagine if that was still a punishment today? Such vivid images and experiences of brutality only underscore how important the tongue is to the body. For with the tongue, we are able to make sounds and those sounds become words. And those words are used to express meaning and emotion. The tongue helps us to let others know what we are thinking and feeling. That's what makes the tongue so powerful. So when we read James 3, we think that maybe all this talk about the tongue is just a bit too much, a bit over the top. But really, it's not. For James says, but no one can tame the tongue, a restless evil full of deadly poison. For with it, we bless the Lord and Father, and with it, we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessings and cursings. My brothers and sisters, this ought not to be so. Proverbs 18 and 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life, curse and blessing, all because of the power of the tongue. But James in verse 10 makes clear that blessings and curses come from the same mouth that ought not be so. In essence, he's saying we need to have control over the words we use, the meanings we convey and the emotions that we express. Speaking of those Southern ways, my grandmother used to say, if it's in you, it's coming out of you. For her, that phrase meant that whatever meanings and emotions that we have in us, no matter how hard we try to dress them up, oh, bless her heart. At some point, what we really think and feel will come out. What dictates those meanings, what dictates those emotions that we speak. That's basic human nature. What do we really mean when we say blessings and curses? Blessings seek to give the Lord praise, to magnify and glorify God. And so our actions as a result of our blessings seek to bless others, recognizing that all of our blessings that come from God are because we are all God's children. 
Curses, however, seek to differentiate ourselves from others so that our actions that seek to be different from one to another intentionally or unintentionally curse others. Those curses are all the ways in our daily lives we seek to see others in some different way from ourselves. But seeing each other and relating to each other out of our differences and not through the lens of what makes us the same is what makes the tongue such a challenge for us. Because the tongue and what we say then become a tool in our perpetuation of difference. It is how we get the vocabulary of the other, of them, or those people, or that group. And for as harmless as those phrases might be, they are a curse because they seek to focus on our differences, which can only separate and not what makes us the same, which can unite. While we might think we have never an attention to curse, instead, that's exactly what we do. And if we curse, then we cannot bless until we change the power of our tongue. Why was it such a big deal to those early Christians to understand the difference between blessings and cursings? Well, it's simply because at that time, these early Christians, they were the ones who were different. They were the other. As Christians, they were no longer willing to hold on to the societal norms that ranked humanity. No longer was their Jew or Greek bond or free. All were equally welcomed and welcomed as equal. Remember I said that the tongue produces sounds which develop into words and words can convey meaning and express emotions. Words help others know what we're thinking and feeling. But honestly, it's not the tongue that curses and blesses. It's the words we convey and express with the tongue. While the tongue may have power, The power comes from the words that we say. The power to bless and the power to curse. But power doesn't mean control. So just because the tongue is powerful doesn't mean we can't control our tongue. Think about the fruits of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit is love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Interesting how those gifts, when in operation in our lives, could help us not to curse one another, but instead to bless. One of the reasons why the lens through which my 
own personal theology, the way in which I choose to live out the life that God has purposed for me is through the lens of beloved community is because focusing on community returns me to the point of recognizing that as God's children, we are all equal and are equally loved. Therefore, we have the capacity to love one another equally. No, we are not the same, but we are all loved the same by the same God who created all of us and loved by a savior who died for us. And given that we should be able to figure out how to love one another with the same love. I don't think it will surprise anyone if I say using our words to bless and even to curse is work. Using our words to bless and not curse is hard work. In fact, it's a daily work. And to be honest, some days we will get it right. In other days, we will fail miserably. The key is to know that we have a God who forgives us and gives us continual opportunities to let the Holy Spirit have control, to let the fruits of the Spirit manifest in our lives. Just remember this. In the Gospel of Luke, when the angel Gabriel appeared to Zechariah to tell him that his wife Elizabeth was to give birth to John the Baptist, Zechariah said, How will I know this is so? And those seven words rendered him silent for 40 weeks until John was born. And after the birth of John, Zechariah's first words began what we call now Zechariah's song. Those first seven words that he spoke were blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. James says, from the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this ought not to be so. How can we, in our daily lives, how can we use the words? How can we use the power of our own tongues? Not to curse, but to bless. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.